Hey, Peter. Yes. So I have a problem. Okay. I've been playing piano my whole life, mm. but some days it feels like day one, mm. like I'm a beginner all over again. Mm. Any, uh, any advice? Um, I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. Can you repeat all that again? Oh my God. <laughs> sorry. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music, advice, and inspiration coming at you. You know what I like about you, Peter, is that you're always very present. (laughs) You you feel like you're only, when when, when Peter Martin's in the room, you feel like you're the only person in the room with him. I literally am. (laughs) You feel like you're the only person because I'm not responding like in an understanding Because he's not there. (laughs) I mean, I'm here, but I'm like, hello. Sorry, I zone out sometimes. You get a lead way, man. You just got back from New York. You were just playing a week at the Vanguard. It was a big week. We're going to give you a pass. Your head's in the clouds. You just got back. I got to get back to terra firme. Yeah, yeah. Time to get back into CEO mode. Okay. Listen to village Vanguard mode, more into podcaster mode. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm really excited to be back here with you. How are you doing, Adam? I'm doing okay, man. I got some coffee in me. Uh, Shout out to Grace Note Coffee. That's right. Well, then this is a little bit might be indicating why um, I was drifting off. I noticed you have a coffee in your hand, but I do not have a coffee. Bro, I asked you if you, you want did. a coffee, and you I said no. Why, don't, why, why, why so defensive? Why uh, so defensive? Because I asked. Because <laughs> That's I, true, and then ask. you're throwing shade I on was, the show. I'm not throwing shade. I'm, I'm actually questioning my choice with that because maybe I'd be a little bit more on my A game like you are. I'm going to fix that for you right now. Harry's going to get you some coffee. Oh, I, I was like, oh, great. You're going to fix it as we do the Okay. Um but uh, no, but could you repeat what you asked in the beginning? So no, <laughs> well, we're talking today about the name of the, the episode is Jazz Piano Day One, because we wanted yeah. to talk about what do you do if you want to play jazz piano? I yeah. know we have a lot of jazz pianists that listen to this podcast. We have a lot of musicians that live, listen to this podcast. And right. uh, we probably have a lot of people, I assume, that don't play jazz piano, but might want to. Yeah. And I thought we could maybe talk about some strategies for day one. That's great. And I mean, I think that, you know, learning to play, I mean, there's so many different things we can learn, so many different instruments, so many different styles, like that are super exciting. Like if we, if, if time was not an issue, I mean, think about how many things we would learn next year, this year, this month. But the thing I like about jazz piano is like, that's something that's very, um, it's achievable, it's attainable, it's interesting it's potentially satisfying relatively soon. Completely. You know, it's like, like what, like what if you said, I want to play, you know, classical harmonica? Well, there's not, I mean, yeah, you can do that, but I don't think there's a lot of repertoire and there's not like a lot of like easy pathways to get there. You know what I mean? Or even something like, I want to learn how to play, um, the harp. Oh my God. Great instrument. But like, just the approach to that thing. I mean, you got to get a harp. First of all, it's like a physically difficult endeavor and, and so the thing about jazz piano is like most people have a kind of understanding of what that is. They may or may not want to do it, but it's like, yeah. and they may have a little different view of what that means, but it's like, you've kind of heard it. You've thought about it. It's like, I want to be an NFL player. So you kind of get around, you wrap your head around the fact that you're likely going to be getting hit. And you're going to have pads on. That's right. Yeah, that's right. But you might have a little fun. You might have a little fun. And, uh, you know, full disclosure here too. This was on my mind because we just redid our most popular course here at Open Studio, which is Jazz Piano for Beginners for obvious reasons. Because that's yes. where most people are coming in too. Yeah. We had a course on that all the way back in 2016. One of our very first Open Studio yes. courses. We just redid it. You and I yep. just redid the thing and released it last week. And it's a big hit already, the new version here, uh, V2. And uh, uh, we encourage people to check that out. But I was thinking about, you know, if you were day one, 
where do you start in that course? You start with, I think, the brilliant move, which wasn't where I started day one, but I wish I would have, mm. which is on a blues. Yes. A C blues. Yep. And I was wondering, like, when you came up with that idea all the way back in 2016, uh, a simple blues with a simple melody, why choose that? Why choose that form? Why choose that melody, which is... Right. Like a little... Blues. Why, why that? Well, so I thought, um, well, first of all, I did start kind of on a blues as my first jazz tune I was learning. Really? But it was not in C, it was in B flat. So that was, that's a little trickier. I mean, not necessarily like technically, but like conceptually, I think it's just easier to learn very foundational things in C. A lot of people like to learn in C. Yeah. Yeah. And so that was my first thing. It's like, okay, we're going to do in C. And then I was thinking um about c jam blues and i know a lot of people we're always looking for like really good simple repertoire to learn at the beginner level yeah. and so c jam blues by duke ellington was sort of an obvious choice but the thing about it is that tune's kind of tricky actually like once you're a more intermediate or advanced player it's very simple and yeah. easy yeah but because of the timing of it it's actually kind of tricky you know yeah. and so to make it feel good anyway and to make it yeah. feel good but just even like the Because there's so much re repetition there, I find that, um, and you're not going to understand this, Adam, because your your head is in the clouds. You're so advanced, man. Yeah, right. All this stuff is so easy, but the spacing of that and the repetition is kind of tricky, you know. So I said, well, let me come up with something that has a little bit of a flair to it. Hopefully, gives a little bit of syncopation because I think that you have to learn feel and groove and swing from the very beginning. Like it can't just be about I want to learn the blues form and I want to learn the theory behind it. I want to learn the blues scale, but but the most foundational and important thing to making it sound good, you're skipping over, you know? So it had to be something that was simple enough to be able to be learned and kind of force you into doing some imitation of swinging, playing in a groove, but still sort of achievable at that beginner level. So I mentioned that I wish that I would have started on that blues. I was very self-taught for a long time. And then when I was, I think, 14, I started lessons with the great Carol Beth True, yes. legendary uh, yes. jazz piano teacher here in St. Louis. Yes. And I think Carol Beth had more faith in me than I deserved because I walked home from my very first lesson with her with a copy of a real book uh, chart on Easy to Love. Do you know that tune? Yeah. Easy to Love? Oh, Carol Beth loved Easy to Love. But yeah. it's not... Uh, it's not easy to play. It's not it's easy, easy to, to play. Love. It's not easy to understand. Like, it's in C. Like, just just that. Yeah, it's got a lot of journeys. Right? That's C, right? That's the, that's the, the first four bars two and then the five minor like it's almost like it's making the two the tonic yeah so i started there just completely confused about like is this what jazz piano is i'm just right. loads of confusion i think if i would have started with the blues and nothing taking nothing away from carol beth it worked out great yeah. <laughs> and she probably knew what she was doing more than me but if I would have started with the blues, I think I would have felt it a lot easier those first few weeks. You right, know? right. Well, I think, too, the blues has the advantage of, um, you know, we talk about really kind of listening and conceptualizing music, um, any type of music, really, first and foremost, from how it sounds, how it feels, as opposed to how it looks on the page or what the theory is behind it. And so with the blues, we have the advantage of most people already know and can feel and have heard the blues form and the blues sound before they even realize potentially what it is, certainly before how to play it. So you've got a little bit of a head start by, yeah, this, you know, little blues that I wrote is sort of specific to 
this course and being able to learn. It could be other things. But the blues as a form, everybody kind of know. Not everybody, but most people already know it. Um, and certainly, like, if you're already a pianist and say, you know, we've gotten so many, we've had so many students that are, like, really good pianists, but they don't really play jazz, but they're, they've been listening to it. Yep. They're interested in it. And so, like, you're going to hear, you know, C-Jam Blues and Straight No Chaser and Wynton Kelly Soul on Freddie Freeland. Like, you make all these connections. Plus, then there's all the, like, rock and roll and then soul R&B and gospel that's, that has blues influences in it. So this is all kind of, you know, percolating in our consciousness. Totally. It gives you such an advantage to already have that form in your, in your ears and in your mind. Now, in that PM Blues on, from, the, from the Jazz Piano beginners for Beginners course, uh, the melody is another interesting thing where you start the beginner because, and I love this, and I think it's so brilliant. I don't even know if, I'm not, and I'm not trying to blow smoke. <laughs> I don't even know if you knew what you were doing here. You must have a little bit. But the fact that your melody... You have C blues, obviously. You have this E flat E natural yeah. thing happening over that C. Told me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're starting from the jump. You're starting with this major third, minor third situation yes. here, yeah. like including both the minor and major third. Yeah. Well, I think it's just yeah, it's so important to get that sound because that's kind of you know unique to or particular i should say to the blues yeah you know that the duality of major and minor and so the quicker you sort of understand that because you, especially if you're coming from like classical music or any kind of theory background classical you know it's it's a little bit like what yeah but that's like a big part it's not the only part of what the blues is yeah but it's a big part of what that is and i think successful playing be it bebop kind of blues or you know more modern stuff or funk or groove 16 bar i mean so many different ways to approach the blues but that's always an element that's part of it and, and a lot of people come in thinking like is it a major blues or a minor blues it's like no no no, it's the blues it's, yeah, yeah. It, it encompasses both of those that's right the other cool thing about that melody is is the turnaround the five and the four chord yeah bars nine and ten this is a g7 yeah. and an f7 and you simply outline the chord yeah, yeah very fun very sounds functional. great man yeah. i love that line actually it's great yeah it's it's totally like from the the get-go you're dealing with legit stuff not corny stuff like that's that's how you play the blues that's that's what i was trying to do it's like you know when you're boxed in with really wanted to be I, I wanted this to be something that you know depending on the just the piano skills that you bring to the table um even if you've never played jazz that if you listen to this and really committed to just imitating it that within really a few hours yep. you could be able to kind of get through this and 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 play something that is fun and sounds good to you that's right. and maybe more importantly sounds good to your spouse or your kids or anyone that's in the house hearing you practice this that you would be like wow okay I don't sound like I I don't like these to learn anything where there's no reward until you're weeks into it. Cause it can just be, especially with like online learning where you're kind of on your own yeah. for a lot of it, yeah. you've got to be able to do something um, satisfying and gratifying to you and your loved ones, or right. it's going to be very hard to stay motivated. Now, would that be something you might be interested in? Yes. Yeah. You've been waiting <laughs> on that one. I like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned the listening and imitating thing because that, 
I think when I think about day one, yeah, especially for the, a lot of the students that I take on here at Open Studio are coming from like a, a more classical background or just a more sheet music, written music background, yeah. whatever it is, you know, whether that's Broadway or just being sort of a beginner piano and you're learning from a book and or sheet music. And the first thing you, you really want to do if you want to get into jazz piano is just start putting your eyes off of the page and listening and imitating and seeing if you can use your ear in that way. Right. The faster you develop that, the ability to hear something and then just repeat it back, right? To be a good mimic, yeah. the better you're going to get, the faster, the faster you're going to progress because that's what this is all about. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. And it, 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 it forces you to start to train your ear and learn how to train your ear mm -hmm. and get in the habit of that and start to build up that muscle and then it also, you know, just puts you in hopefully a little bit more of a confident mindset where you're like, whoa, because like that's part of the exciting thing of playing jazz is when you start to it's it's almost like the reverse of of being able to improvise. It's very hard to teach someone to just improvise from the beginning. But if you teach them to start to learn at least parts of it by ear, yeah, that unlocks the confidence. And then at the same time is developing your ear training in a way so that you're actually going to be able to totally at least play some of the things that you're hearing, you know? So you have to go through a process of doing that. If it's only coming from the page, you're never going to learn how to improvise. Totally true. You know, now it doesn't mean like that you're not going to be reading chords or understanding them and then be able to improvise within that framework. You will. And then of course we get into all that, but it's like, listen and imitate how, how quickly, how quickly can we get you to that moment where you're like, Whoa, I'm playing jazz. And so that was part of my thing with the, yeah. It's almost like group position-y kind of five. But yeah. I was like, well, how do we make that sound good? Because, of course, we'd love to teach them. Oops, no, we didn't. Good. No, we That's don't. Like, <laughs> you know, some kind of slick line like that. But no, yeah. that's not where you're going to start. But this was like a shape that I said, you know what? People can see that. They can feel that. Yeah. And they might even know that. And it kind of can give them the confidence to be like, Wow, I, I need to rely more on the feel yeah. and and how do I fit into that groove? Because you know, otherwise, if you're just okay. this is why people that come to us that come from a background of learning by ear or being a church musician, yeah. where you you primarily play by ear or some other musical background where you're not dealing with reading music, yeah. they usually progress really fast at first because they're used to yes. learning by ear. And so this is, it's a skill that they already kind of have. And I really recommend if you're new to jazz piano, if you want to get better at it fast, just do away with anything written for as long as you possibly can. Here's the, the caveat to this. It's going to suck. It's going to be hard. It's really going to like, you're going to feel like, Oh, if well, I could just see it, it's going to be slower. It's going to be slower it's gonna be, it's, at it's first. It's going to feel like it's slower. It's not though. It's not actually, you're better. actually getting better a lot faster. Yeah, you are. It's just that it, it takes a while for your ears and your mind and your fingers and everything to get acclimated and to start to make those connections. But it's really the, the best way to organically connect with the music and learn something that is a language, you know? And it's just like, nobody ever expects you know, even if the advertising says, you know, learn French in three days, become fluent in three days. Really? Is that, are you really, I mean, I don't care if you're like the biggest genius ever. Yeah. No, but you can in three days with the right program or even one day learn how to say a phrase. But the whole thing is like, it's not about learn how to read a phrase. No. In French or understand grammar. Could that's you imagine gonna, that? That's not going to, that's not going to happen ever. Maybe. It's not going to help you get around Paris. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've been speaking 
you and I, I believe, all our lives English, right? Or were you introduced some form of it? <laughs> I don't know if it's, it's correctly think about English. This, like, if we were to take a quiz on grammar about oh not even grammar, just about like function of yeah, I mean, of, of grammar and like past participles and you know, yeah. all that stuff. I, I probably couldn't do. I could probably do it better. In I French, think that's but, biology, buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. So I mean, but we can speak it. Oh. We might be the greatest prognate, you know. We're, 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 we're no Jason Moran of the, of the English language. We certainly perhaps. are not, no. <laughs> but we can communicate with it. And so that's like the same thing with this. Is like how quickly can you get to that aha moment of like, wow, I'm speaking jazz. I'm talking in this language. And that's something that I feel like needed to be demystified. And like this whole thing of like you have to understand what a C7, C13, sharp 11, flat 9 is before yeah. you can play it and all that, that crap. I just, I just don't, it's not even that I don't believe it. It's just not true. One uh, other element that we've added to this new version of Jazz Piano for Beginners, uh, and we'll, we'll go ahead and put a link here in the show notes if you want to check it out. Oh, why not? Yeah, <laughs> might, might as well. Um, but is these uh, guided practice sessions that I recorded. Yes. And because we wanted to talk about how do you learn how to practice? If you're a beginner, you might not know how to practice. One of the most common things that I see from, from beginner practicers, like a, a mistake that is really keeping people uh, stuck in the mud, spinning their wheels, is they only play things they're already good at. Like they only play yeah. things they already know. They don't spend enough time practicing out of their comfort zone. Yeah. New things that they suck at because it doesn't feel very good to play things that you're right. not great at. But unfortunately, that's really the only the only way you get better is to yeah. practice like that. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. That's exactly what we're talking right. about, AI. Well, and I think that, you know, that's one advantage actually that the beginner, the true beginner has, and you really want to be able to harness it and take advantage of it. And that is that you don't know anything. You don't know anything. <laughs> exactly. So everything that you're learning, because a lot of times people will be like, oh, you can only learn a language or an instrument. Like it's so much faster than when you learn it when you're younger, when you're a kid. I always hear this. And I'm like, I used to believe that, but I don't think that that's true. When you're young in general, you're like a sponge, people say. But that's because you're ignorant because like you're learning stuff for the first time. You're just hearing it. You're not you're you're thinking in general as an educated, potentially educated person hasn't evolved yet. And so I think that if we take the mindset of a child as we learn something new, say jazz piano, and don't overanalyze it. I mean, what little kid is is like sitting there like, mama, I mean, and like they're hungry and they don't know how to say it. And then you're like, oh, are you hungry? And then you're putting a cookie in front of them. Hungry, you know, yeah, like yeah, they, yeah. they have some motivation, but they're not thinking about, okay, what letter does the word hungry start with? Like they're thinking about that cookie, yeah. you know, and they're like, what do I have to do to get that? I need and, that cookie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's not that they're more of a sponge. It's just that as we get older, we adopt sometimes this kind of a mindset of like, uh, let me, well, why am I learning this? And how am I doing this? And how do I write it down? And like, am I counting this correctly? And what do people think of me? A little kid doesn't care. He wants the damn cookie. Yeah. And so like, if we act like the, getting the damn cookie with learning the little PM blues and stuff, it can be super effective, super effective. And and so that's kind of how we try to set it up. In. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> That's right. I think the guided practice sessions are great because it gives you the things to repeat. It's like take the concept and yeah. then like what are you going to actually practice? Now you've kind of got it. You understand it. But how do you not get stuck in the overanalysis of it? How do you just lock it in? How do you do the sets and reps necessary so that you're ready to go on to the next stage? Totally. Totally. Well, thanks, Peter. And, uh, you know, that's how you approach day one. Stick with something simple like a blues. Wait, hold up. I was about to talk about day two to day 100, man. We're we'll get there. Then we, okay, man, we got a whole podcast here. <laughs> we could keep going on that forever. But for now, we're just sticking with day one. Simple blues, simple melody, 
Uh, listen and imitate and practice things you're not good at. Those That's right. Four things, and you're going to be those good. Are Adam's golden rules for a happy life. Those are going to get you right where you need Go to be. Go strive, happy life. Thank you, everybody. Until next time, you'll hear it.